17 on this morning. And I uh, want to read that. We've been looking at that for some time, but I want to share from it again here this morning. So the Bible said, when Jesus had come unto Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother-in-law laying sick with a fever. So he touched her and the fever left her. See that? He touched her and the fever left her. Say something left her. Man, let's say that again. Something left her. And after, and, and she arose and served them. Amen. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. Amen. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Amen. And so uh, I want today to continue in this and just go a little deeper. And as we talk about the healing ministry of Jesus, as it concerns healing anointing, most people don't need more knowledge, we need more experience. We already know the word, we just need an experience in it. And it's important that when you get hit with the flu, you look past the sickness or you look past the feelings and you make the word work. What I mean by that is, is we have to believe the word of God. Amen. Uh, spiritual reality, there is no difference between the flu and cancer. Amen. But this is what we've got to understand is that Goliath did, or David didn't go out and kill Goliath was not the first enemy he conquered. He uh, went out and he went with boldness. He went with such authority that his brothers would think he was arrogant. His brothers would call him prideful. But he wasn't nervous going out against the giant because he already knew this worked. He had already killed a lion. He had already killed a bear. And now he is going out against this giant. And he is not in fear. But he is walking in this anointing that he has already tried, tested, and proven. Right? And he knows it's going to work. Amen. He knows it's going to work. And so whenever we are uh, walking in this uh, Believing God for healing in our bodies or in our lives, we've got to believe him all the time so that when sicknesses do, do come, that we rise up against them. Amen. We don't, uh, we don't, I told you the last couple of Sundays, you can't, you can't uh, get rid of something that you are babying. You can't get rid of something you're petting. Amen. That's the reason why you should never make a pet out of a pig. Amen. You should never name a cow. Amen. Because if you're petting on it, you sure enough ain't going to be eating it. Come on, somebody. 
And whenever we start making pets out of things in our own life, then we're going to see that it's hard to release from. We'll make, we'll make habits of it. We'll make excuses for it. But God wants us to have victory in every area of our life. Can somebody say amen? Let's look at Acts 10 and 38. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to, uh, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. This sickness is an oppression. Amen. Sickness is an oppression and we said on Wednesday night and I'll not preach all of that again but sickness is an oppression and sickness was not in the beginning of creation it was when Adam sinned that opened the door to sickness to come into the world it's part of sin it's part of the uh, nature of sin it is it is it is the beginning and the and you'll have to go back and listen to it all but it is the beginning sickness is the beginning of death Amen. And so we got to understand that today and we got to understand that we are we don't have to put up with that. We can rise up in the name of Jesus and we can conquer that thing because Christ is in us. Amen. We have and and I I'm not telling you today that we've all got I've got it all together, but I'm telling you today that it is we have to change some things in our thinking and the way that we think because we have accepted uh, as a, we have accepted it as it is normal in life to get sick. It's just part of life, sickness. But I want, I want to say, ask you this question, and, and just, just for your consideration. If Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Then how is it that sickness can dwell? Now I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not saying if you've got sickness in your body that you've sinned. I don't believe that lie. I don't believe that mess. But I'm just telling you today I believe that we need to take this with the same resistance that we resist sin. We need to resist sickness. Amen. Because the Bible says that, that, that he sozos. Sozo means saved and healed. So that's the reason why that he, when he addressed the man who was laying there, he said, arise, take up your bed and walk. Your sins be forgiven you. Right? And they began to accuse him and say, well, what, you never said he was healed. But he said, what is it easier for me to say? Your sins be forgiven you or arise, take up your bed and walk. He said, in other words, he's saying the same power that saved him is the same power that healed him. Amen. Amen. And so, one of the great, two, there's two great things that I enjoy thoroughly. I, I, I enjoy thoroughly seeing people that others have counted down and out. God raise them up. Amen. I love to see people saved. I love to see people delivered out of things that when other people have given up on them, Holy Spirit raises them up, and I love to see that. Amen. Amen. The other thing that I love to see is see sickness 
destroyed and healing come. Amen. And whenever we understand that sickness is spiritual, then we can address it as a spiritual matter and not just something that's normal in life. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. I'm going to be looking at chapter 12 a lot. So if you have your Bibles and bring your Bibles and you want to look there, I'm going to be going back and forth. But we'll be looking there a lot today. 1 Corinthians, it says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Amen? Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Now, whenever, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but let me just give you this. Demon possession is whenever uh, the spirit, a demonic spirit is inside of a person's spirit. It's inside. They're demon possessed. Now, if you don't believe in that, then you need to get a life. Amen? Because it's around us, all over around us. And I'm, I'll even go as far as to say this, that not everyone that is mentally ill, but there are many that are mentally ill because of demonic spirits that have controlled their lives. And if you deal with the spirit, you can set them free in their minds. Amen. Demon possession is whenever it is internal. But oppression is this. It is harassment or torment. And the root cause of sickness is oppression of the devil. The Bible said Jesus went about doing good and healing all. How many did he heal? Amen. He healed them all. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen? How many people did Jesus make sick? How many people did Jesus make crippled? How many people did, how many little children did Jesus make blind? None. He never has and he never will. Sickness comes from the devil. It is an oppression from the enemy. He has never given anybody. I've heard people say, well, he, he's just given me this sickness to bring glory to him or to make me suffer or to make me cause. No, that, that's, that's not scriptural. Amen? That's not scriptural. Jesus never gave anybody sickness to teach them anything. Amen? I mean, let's just make it realistic here today. How many of you, the only time you went to school is when you were sick? Oh, mom, I can't go to school today because I feel good and I can't learn nothing. You see how absurd that is? But yet we bring that stuff into the church. And we say, well, the God's just given me this sickness to teach me something or so that I'll know something. No, the devil is a liar. Jesus never has and never will put sickness on anyone. Can I get an amen? So if Jesus healed those who were oppressed of the devil, what happened to the rest of them? (laughs) 
Of course, they were all oppressed because sickness is an oppression. And he healed them all. Amen. He healed them all. Sickness is an oppression. And when we see that, then we see the biggest part of sickness is spiritual. And our authority over it is absolute. In other words, our authority over sickness works every time. Because the Holy Spirit is working in us. Amen. And we look and we see the healing ministry of Jesus. We see it's not my ministry, it's not your ministry, but it's Jesus' ministry. And Jesus enforced redemption. And his legal authorization to make spirits go was the fact that he took our sickness and our infirmity and redeemed us from them so that any type of sickness is now trespassing and is illegally working or operating in our life and when he spoke the word it had to go amen we resist sickness the same way that we resist sin we resist it we speak to the spirit and we command it to go right mark 11 and chapter chapter 11 verse 23 he said, for surely I say to you, who's, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he say, says he will, he will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Amen. And so I begin to think about that. And if you was to reverse that then could it be possible or would it be all right if we said we have now what we have said? If Mark 11 and 23 is true, then we now have whatever we have now is because of what we've said. Right? And so... If we don't want what we have now, then we've got to change our confession. We've got to change. Now, what are we going to change it to? Are we going to change it to what we feel? Are we going to change it to our emotions? Are we going to change it to what our experience has been? Right? Or are we going to line up with the Word of God? Amen? Because you see, your, your experience may have been a bad experience. Your experience may have been one that you, 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 uh, it, it, it doesn't line up with what the Word of God says or what you believe. But that doesn't make it that, that that is true and the Word of God is false. The Word of God is always true. Amen. Amen. And so we line ourselves up and our confession up with the word of God. And it just isn't just uh, once in a while. It isn't just on Sunday. It isn't just when we feel it. But when we don't feel it, we've still got to proclaim the word of the Lord over the situation. Amen. Now, let's look at verse 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 28. It says this. And God has appointed... These in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, and then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various tongues. I believe today that we must make Jesus the cornerstone of our believing. 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he gave healing to the church as a gift. Amen? Let me say that again. He gave to the church healing as a gift. The gift of healings. It's plural. Amen? Jesus healed through the anointing. All through the Gospels, right? Now, I said on the other night that, that um, Jesus didn't use medicine to heal. He used power to heal. He used the anointing to heal. That does not mean that we're against medicine or we're against doctors. I'm just saying that they're two separate things, Right? And God can use and he can work. But when Jesus healed the sick, he, he healed them with the power of the anointing. Right? Jesus healed through the anointing all through the gospels. You look and you see. And then he gave healing to the church as a gift. Jesus specialized in the incurables. Amen. I mean, thank God for the things that whatever minimal it is or however it may be, if it is affecting you, it concerns God. Amen. I'll tell you that again. Whatever is affecting you, it concerns God. But when Jesus went, he went and he looked and he found the incurables. He found the man sick for 38 years. He found a man crippled from his birth. He found the, the, uh, the woman with an issue of blood that, that, that had spent everything that she had and was dying. Right? And, and she, he, he goes into these incurables and he heals them all. He heals everyone. There's never, you'll never find anywhere in the scripture where a sick person came to Jesus and Jesus said, oh, I can't help you right now. Healing is not for just a particular time in your life. Like it doesn't have no expiration date on it. In other words, if you, if, if you are... Uh, 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 you know, some people think, well, if they're young, I'm 30 years old, and, and you know, and I, they, they have, the doctors say that I have this crippling arthritis. Well, we believe that God can heal you, but then if we're 70 years old and we've got crippling arthritis, well, we're just getting old. Huh? We're just getting old. You just got to learn how to deal with life. It stinks getting old. Huh? Are you walking with me? But nowhere in Scripture did Jesus say, Oh man, I wish you'd have been here yesterday. You turned 85 today and I can't help you now. He doesn't ever say, well, you know what? If you'd have just been a little earlier before this got bad, I could have helped you. But now it's in stage four. I'm sorry. Huh? It don't work that way. Come on, somebody. I said it don't work that way. 
He give us power over all sickness, infirmity, and disease. So therefore, that anointing has come. And, and, and then John, you remember when John was over there in prison and he sent his disciples and you, because, you know, whenever you're in the light and everything is working and everything is going good, it's easy to believe God. But John is now in prison, right? Now he has seen revelation. He has seen that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But now he's in prison. How many know that that can change your perspective? He's over there. He's wondering. He said, oh, I know that I've seen that. I know that I've felt that. But now I'm in this dungeon. I'm in this isolation. I'm in this place. And he says to his disciples when they came to the window and talked to him. You know, I'm, that's what I'm seeing. And, and brought him some food. And he said, would you go find Jesus and ask him, is he the one or should we look for another? Amen. Because whenever you're in sickness, whenever you're in pain, when you're in trouble, amen, and you don't have the answers and it doesn't look like it's working the way you thought and I thought it was going to work, suddenly we begin to question our faith. We begin to doubt. But I want to tell you that He is still God. Amen. I said He's still God. And so I can see His disciples going over there and coming up to Jesus and, and saying, uh, 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 Jesus, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, but, but John just asked us, uh, it, are you the one or should we look for another? And I, I, I see Jesus with a smile on his face. This is Matthew's interpretation. I see Jesus with a smile on his face and doesn't even say a word. He just keeps on ministering to the people, healing the sick. Opening blinded eyes, causing the crippled to walk, causing the deaf to hear, causing the blind to see. Amen. And he's causing the dead to be raised. And he says, that looks, turns around and looks for John's disciples. And he said, now you go tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. Amen. I want to tell you today that we need to remember that he is still the healing Jesus. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And I know that you don't hear this kind of preaching anymore, but it's still the Bible. It's still the Word of God. He wants you to save, but he wants you whole. He said, Beloved, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So he wants you spirit, soul, and body to be whole and to be victorious in every area of your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God wants you whole. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus specialized in the incurable. When you look in the healing ministry of Jesus, he never made anyone sick, but he healed them all through the anointing. Now, there are many ways... For you to, to be healed. There are many ways that God has given us for healing to come. For one of the ways is through the word. Amen. Through the word of God. Through the scriptures. Through finding the scriptures, healing scriptures and confessing them and believing them. Right? And that's good. That's of the Holy Spirit. Right? The second way that... Another way that we can be healed is the Bible says, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. 
and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Right? And so, that's another way that you can receive healing. And then there is the ministry of gifts of the Holy Spirit. For the most part, we just look at one way of being healed. And that's the only way that we look at it, as taking the word and standing in faith. And that's good, right? But we must not ignore the others. We must not ignore the others. We, we don't just take and say, well, it's only by the word that we can be healed. We don't say it's only just by the elders praying for us and anointing us with oil that we can be healed. It, 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 but that we, it is all the working of healing, but it's the same spirit. It's the same anointing. And the healing ministry of Jesus, you don't see him teaching to, for them to stand on the word. He doesn't, in other words, he don't teach them uh, the, uh, about the healing scriptures. We, uh, whenever you um, teach, you know, scriptures such as we are today, uh, he wasn't teaching them the word and then saying, now what you need to do is take this and go home and confess it and believe it and, and someday you'll have a breakthrough. Jesus was flowing in the anointing to heal. Right? And they were healed immediately. Immediately they were healed. The situation shifted. It changed. It turned. Because he was anointed to heal. And, and I would say to you that if it wasn't uh, immediately, it was within the hour. Because it says from that hour forward. Right? Right? The power of God heals now on the spot. It begins to work. It's a miracle, right? We don't believe that God removed miracles from the church, do we? We don't believe that God removed miracles from the church, but we function as though he did. Amen. We function as though that, that he has because we have more confidence in doctors than we do the healing ministry of Jesus. I didn't think I would get many amens there. But that's 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 our culture. That's what we've been taught. That's the way we, our thinking process is. When you have an ache, you have a pain, you have a sick symptom, you have a situation that you get on the doctor, you call the doctor and you say, I need, I need you in a hurry. Right? Now, how many of you know today I'm not preaching against doctors? Raise your hand. All right? I'm not preaching against doctors. But I am telling you that we need to switch this thing Till we believe in the healing ministry of Jesus more than we do the doctor. Amen. I'll amen myself. Amen. Because if we had as much faith in the healing ministry of Jesus as we did the doctor. <laughs> my, my, my. 
Amen. Think about it. Glory to God. Amen. He said, he says this, he says he gave and he, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, and then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various variety of tongues. And then he says in verse 31, this is what I want to get to right here, but in verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you more excellent way. But desire earnestly the best gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. The way that I read this, if we do not desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we will not have them. Let me say it like this. If we learn to live without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then we will only have what the natural realm can produce. I will be limited to the natural realm. But when I as a person, we as a church, desire, hunger for the gifts of the Spirit, then they have to be stirred up. Something takes place when there are hungry people. Amen. When there's hunger in the house, it pulls on the anointing. It pulls on the, the things of God. It, it releases into the atmosphere of the earth what God has already prepared in the heavens to be released upon a people that are hungry. But you see, the, the thing is, is you must desire earnestly. We must desire earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. If we do not desire them, if we do not hunger for them, that does not mean that they are not there. It does not mean they are not functional. It just means that we won't walk in it. Amen? And so there must be a desire stirred up for the gifts of the Spirit. Right? You may be standing on the Word for your healing, but the symptoms are still there, right? I know folks that, good folks, godly folks that, that believe the word of God and are standing on the word of God and believing for their healing, but the symptoms are still there. And then God sends somebody that's flowing in the healing anointing and, and, and we say, well, we don't even respond to it. We don't even go and receive prayer for, from it because we say, well, we're just believing the word. They, they act, people say, well, if I go forward, I'll just, it'll just be unbelief. No, it's the same Holy Spirit just working in a different way to make you whole. Amen? And if, <laughs> glory to God, and if there is a healing anointing flowing, then by all means, you need to get in on it. Because whenever that healing anointing is flowing, he don't just heal some, he heals them all. Yeah. 
Amen. He heals them all. And so we have, to, we have to, yes, get a hold of the Word of God. Yes, believe the Word of God. Yes, stand on the Word of God. Yes, get somebody else, a brother or sister that is in faith to believe with you. Amen. And pray for you and come into agreement with you. But when the healing anointing is in the house, when the healing anointing is flowing, you've got to step into the water, so to speak. You've got to stand on your faith and say, I'm believing God that the Word of God and the the faith of God is all going to come together in this miracle moment and today is my day of healing. Today is my day of breakthrough. Today is my day of a miracle. Amen. If you believe that, give God a praise here this morning. The reason why that it's important to have the healing anointing and teaching on it is because you can receive healing in a moment and then go home and be talked out of it. Amen? And that's the reason why you have to have the word on it. So that when the symptoms start showing up, when the thing starts acting up, whenever that spirit starts raising its head again, you don't go back to, well, I thought I was healed. Amen. I know I've told you many times where I sat whenever I was a kid, right? Sit over here in this corner, the right-hand side, front row. Got the front row seat. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. I believe... And I believe with all my heart that there's a, there, is a, there is a shifting. The church has gone as far as it can go on the flesh. Amen. I feel the anointing on that. The church has gone as far as it can go on the flesh. And there is about to be a reemergence of the gifts of the Spirit in the house of God again. That is going to transform a generation. Because there's a generation that lights and smoke ain't going to do it for them. I'm not against lights. I'm not against fog machines, whatever it takes, whatever. But I'm telling you that there's something great. There is, when you get in the gifts of the Spirit, you talk about a sight and a sound show. Amen. 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 And I sat there on that right-hand side on the front row, and I watched as demons were cast out of people. Amen. Amen. I watched as blind eyes were open. I watched as prodigals would fall in the floor and cry out to God to be saved and return back to God. I watched as a crippled would run and leap for joy. I've seen it. Amen. I've seen it. And what I rejoice over is this, is I believe that there is a reemergence of the gifts of the Spirit that are going to come back to the church. And it's going to be so powerful that that people are not going to look and say, well, what horse and pony show are you going to have next week? Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you, when the power of God shows up and the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow in the house of God as they're always supposed to have been, you talk about something exciting, Michael. It is exciting. Amen. To see people that are, their lives have been tormented and instantly you can see the change. Amen. 
And excuse me for reminiscing, but I remember uh, them coming in drunk. I ain't talking about a little tipsy. I'm talking about find me a seat, fall into it. And whenever they would give an altar call, they would do the same thing. They would stagger up to the altar and fall on the altar and get up sober. Amen. Get up sober. You talk about something exciting is to watch as God opens the blind eyes. You talk about something exciting is, is to watch God deliver a, a man that is tormented with demonic spirits and so set him free that he would spend the less rest of his life on a mission field talking to people about the goodness of God. That's exciting. I said, that's exciting. Amen. And we, we, need more than a, we need more than a light show. We need more than just hip-hop and, and, and whatever. Thank God for all of it. Whatever touches you, I'm not against it. I'm for it. Whatever, whatever vein or whatever flow, whatever speaks into your life that you can connect to God and you can experience God, then thank God for it. And I know that every generation has a different sound and we're not going to get caught up on different types of music. But I want to tell you today that whatever connects you to God, you need to get in on that. But don't say, don't let us come to a place where that we just operate in the flesh. There's been a parade of flesh for some 20 years in the kingdom of God and we're sick to death of the parades of flesh and what flesh can operate in we need a manifestation of the gifts of the spirit of the power of God that will live in our lives and transform us that will go beyond what we're able to do hallelujah there is no healing power in me, but I have a power that's uh, a spirit of God that lives on the inside of me that said, wherever you go, heal the sick and raise the dead. Amen. And so that Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. Amen. And so we have to come while the healing spirit is present. And then we go home and we start feeling like, well, we got this, we got this pain. I seen a, there's, I got on that rabbit trail and forgot to tell you, right? I sat over there and I watched all kinds of things. I watched a man, he, this, oh, what's this bone up here? Collarbone. Broken. It was broken. He done been to the doctor. Had it in a sling like this. Couldn't move it. Don't move it. You know, you can't do nothing for that break, I guess. Right? So you just have to leave it alone. You have to be still. And you can't be moving your arm. And you can't be doing this. And you can't be doing that. And I seen God heal that man's bone. And instantly. He took it out of the sling and started raising his hand and moving it around. And, oh, glory to God. He's healed. He's whole. Amen? Came back on Wednesday night to church because we went to church on Wednesday night and he had it back in his sling, carrying it around. Amen. You know what happened? He got healed on Sunday, but the enemy talked him out of it. He started logically thinking, this can't be healed that quick because it takes eight weeks for this to heal. Huh? 
Illogic tells me that you can't heal bones. They got to set up. It takes time. Well, that's what the natural realm is. But the supernatural realm is this. Speak to the bones. Hear. <laughs> Speak to the bones and hear the word of the Lord. And the bones will come together. Glory to God. And the bones will come together. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. And so... Today, we have to have a craving for the gifts of the Spirit. And my question to us today is this, are we hungry? Are we hungry? Because in this modern day church, we have normalized God as much as we can so we don't have to try to have any unexplainable activity in the church. Amen. We've even we've even taken the Holy Spirit and put him in a back room over here somewhere. And if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, then you can go over here in this back room over here. Well, now we don't have any, you understand. <laughs> but I'm just saying, this modern day church, you put him over here in this back room. And if you want to receive the Holy Spirit today, then just follow Brother Jones over here to this corner and, and they'll pray for you over there. Because God forbid you start speaking in another tongue and somebody doesn't understand it and they get upset and leave and they're daddy big bucks. I'm pastoring better than you're letting on today. Amen. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. It's this. I'm tired of the flesh and what we can produce. Man's ability, as good as the desires as we have, we've got to have more. If you could heal me, Brother Greg, I'd bow down and worship you. But the fact of it is, you're anointed of God, you're a man of God, but you can't heal me. So I've got to look for the one who can heal me. And I need a power that is greater than what man can do. I need the gift of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. I need revelation flowing through my life so that I can make right choices and right decisions. And I can walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so if I'm going to have that, I've got to desire earnestly these gifts in my life and in the church. I'm ready for something to happen I can't explain. Huh? <laughs> I'm ready for something to happen. They say, how did that happen, Pastor? I said, it must be God. Amen. It's just got to be a Holy Spirit because I ain't, I'm not able, I can't manufacture it, I can't manipulate it, I can't make it to happen. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He th does things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who believe Him. Amen. And so we need this today. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit says desire will attract the gifts. Amen. As long as we function in a normal realm, that is all we'll ever have. This is a, something that's still in my spirit. I heard the Holy Spirit say about three years ago. 
it is this. The less power there is, the less Holy Spirit there is, the more performance is needed. The less Holy Spirit or the less power is what the Lord said to me, but I know he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The less power there is, the more performance is needed. If you don't have any power, then you've got to have entertainment. Amen. Because if you don't have the power, then you need entertainment or folk aren't going to come back next Sunday. Amen. But I'd rather have power. Come on, somebody. I said, I'd rather have power. Now, I want to spend a little time here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read verses 4 and 5, and we're going to jump around here a minute. Is this okay? Verse 4, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Right? There are different diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There's the difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And then let's jump over. I know we've already read it, but verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various of tongues. I want you to notice here that God, in verse 28, God appoints apostles, prophets, teachers. These are all ministries, right? These are ministry gifts. Then he goes and he starts talking about miracles, gifts of healing. And then he goes back to ministry of helps, administration, and then the gifts of tongues. He's mixing up the gifts and the ministry in this chapter. In verse 4 and 5, it tells us that he gives diversity of gifts and then he gives different ministries. And so it would be possible for a person to be an apostle and have the gift of healings. Have a ministry gift and also have a functioning gift working in their life, right? In verse 6, it says, And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, right? For to one he gives the word of wisdom, and he, and he goes down through. Can we just read through these? The word of wisdom through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healings uh, by the same Spirit to another, the working of miracles to another, prophecy to another, discerning of spirits to another, different kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. He uses the word diversity in verse 4, 5, and 6 to let us know the Holy Spirit is 
so colorful that you can never put him in a box. Amen. As we flow in the Holy Spirit, it will not be a cookie cutter service. It will not be one looks like them all. Right? It won't be, in other words, it won't be cut and dry. But it will be a flow of the Spirit of God that he does as he desires through us. Right? In verse 7 through 9, these, the verse 9 gives the uh, gift of healing. Verse 7 tells us the gift is a manifestation. I'm believing, I'm confessing, and waiting for that manifest word in my life. But the God, the gift is the manifestation. So there's no waiting. It just happens. It takes place. Huh? If we, the church, me as pastor, will desire earnestly the gifts, give place to them, cultivate them, it changes everything. Changes everything. Can I be real with you a moment? I haven't done a whole lot of secular work. But I would have to believe, and I've heard of, of research that has been done, but I'd have to believe that, that pastoring is one of the most difficult things that you'll ever do. I, I believe that if you can pastor, you can do just about anything. Amen. I, I say that, and I'm not complaining a bit this is the greatest joy and honor to serve in the kingdom of God in this capacity of anything that you can ever do and I'm grateful for it but I am I will tell you that it can be stressful and I don't have to tell you that it is stressful because um, if you look at statistics today there are 1,500 pastors leaving the ministry every month. 1,500. Now, I don't believe that all of them are saying giving up on God or they're not just saying, well, I'm never going to. They say, I love Jesus, but I can't do this no more. Amen. And I want to say this. I believe that the reason why is because we have put too much trust in the flesh. And now we have to perform. We have to have a bigger Yahoo this Sunday than we did last Sunday or next Sunday there won't be nobody here. We have to do something bigger and better than the church over next door or folks are going to go over there. Amen. But I'm telling you that 
And I hate to even talk about these things, but it's reality. 1,500 ministers are leaving the ministry every single month. Multiple others are having nervous breakdowns, even taking their own lives. Amen. That's too heavy for anybody to carry, to outperform last week, outdo. You carrying it in the flesh. Your flesh can only take you so far and, and you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be overwhelmed. What we need today is a shift in the body of Christ where that it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in us. That the Holy Spirit, we pray, we say, welcome, Holy Spirit. We desire you in our service this week. We, we, we've got to have you in our service this week. You, you've got to show up in power and in authority. And, and you've got to do something we cannot do ourselves. Yes, we'll do our part. We'll prepare our lives. We'll prepare worship. We'll prepare in the word. But if you don't show up, if you don't reveal yourself in power and in authority, that is just going to be a normal, a normal show. It's going to be a normal thing. We might as well just go join the Moose Lodge. Amen. But when the power of God is present, come on somebody. When the power of God is present, it makes it easy to sing. It makes it easy to worship. It makes it easy to preach. When the anointing is present, everything begins to flow. The anointing, it's called the oil because the oil causes those things that are stiff and those things that don't want to function begin to function when the oil gets on it. And I want to tell you today that when the oil begins to flow over our lives, he, he that supernatural power of God begin to minister in us and those things that have been bound and those things that have been hindered will begin to flow properly and normally and it will be with great joy and not with labor amen this is what we are we're a spiritual house we're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body we're not a body that just goes around by itself. We're not a soul that just goes around mind, will, and emotions. But we're a spirit that has a soul, mind, will, and emotions that lives in this body. And the problem is this. We're trying to get all the answers from the body. Amen. We're trying to get all the resolve from the body. But we've got to go back to what we are. And we are spirit. Amen. And when we go back to spirit, we begin to believe the gifts of the spirit and the word of God is for our lives and for us to function. And some people say, well, you know, that was just for a certain day. I, I, I challenge anybody. I don't think anybody in this house believes it, but if you do, I challenge anybody to show me where that it was ever stopped. In fact, I, I can prove to you through this book that it wasn't as much for that day as it is for this day. Amen? After he ascended, 
He said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father in heaven. Amen? Now, somebody says, well, how in the world can you do more miracles than, than Jesus or what, better, greater miracles than Jesus? He raised people from the dead. It isn't talking about the quality. It's talking about the quantity. More miracles, more supernatural, more power of God flowing. Why? Because Jesus was only one, but now he sends the Holy Spirit. I ain't got time to preach it all. He sends the Holy Spirit with the gifts of the Spirit to operate not just in the pastor, not just in the evangelist, not just in the prophet or the teacher or the apostle, but to operate in every believer's life. Amen. And so we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not a charismatic thing. The Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal thing. The Holy Spirit is a believer's thing. Amen. But we get caught up on what we've been taught instead of what the Word says. Amen. Well, I don't, I just don't believe that I'm Baptist or I'm Nazarene or I'm Church of God or I'm this, that, and the other. Who cares? It wasn't limited to some denominational barrier that man-made organization or religion has made. This is the word of God. And if you believe upon it, you can have what it says you can have. You can be what it says you can be. You can do what it says you can do. Amen? This word is for us today. I said this word is for us today. And we need to believe the word. Hallelujah. We need to believe the word. And we're going to stand on the word. Amen? Hallelujah going to stand on the word glory to God hallelujah so well that sounds kind of radical pastor well you ain't seen nothing yet amen you ain't seen nothing yet I'm telling you, I've been to hell and back, and I feel a reemerging of an anointing upon my life, and I'm about to invade hell, hell's territory, and we're going to take back everything the enemy has ever stolen, anything that has ever been taken away. The anointing of the Lord will bring it back in a moment. Amen. Amen. And I'm not trying to hype anybody up. I'm just telling you. That's what I feel in me. That's, I didn't just fast and pray so because I've been doing it for 35 years. Amen. I fasted and prayed for specific things, and there's a stirring. There's a stirring. There's a stirring that is going on. Glory to God. And ever since last Sunday morning, there's been an anointing. I woke up and felt it. I felt I need to get... <laughs> Amen. I need to find somebody sick and get them healed. Amen. Glory to God. We need to believe it. This, this, this is what's stirring in my spirit. If you, like I said, if you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to get that, you need to listen to it. Amen. 
But I'm telling you, there's something in the atmosphere. There's a stirring and there's a shifting. And it's not what we can do. It's what the Holy Spirit can do. Amen. It's what the Holy Spirit can do. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I can just be real with you a minute, right? Just pastoring, just pastoring. But this generation has got so caught up on church growth. And I've even felt the pressure of that myself. And I've, I've, I'll just leave it at that. I felt the pressure of that myself. And we've done some things and never, not that anything is bad. But God didn't call us and put pressure on us to grow his church. He said, make disciples. And I pray there'll be a day whenever this building won't hold all the people that are here. Amen. Look forward to that. But I also want you to know today that it isn't going to happen because of what we're able to do. Yes, we're going to do our part. We're going to do it with a spirit of excellence. But if there is no anointing in the house, we've seen it before. They come and they go. But when there's an anointing in the house, it'll destroy yokes and remove burdens and people's lives will be changed and transformed by the power of a living Christ. Whenever I was fasting and praying this year, I'll just share with this with you real quick. I said, Lord, what is it? What, do we, what direction? How do you want the church to go? He said, son, he said, look at the American church. And he said, whatever they're doing, just do the opposite. Whatever the American church is doing, just do the opposite. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to try it. Amen. Because we've, we've done all that we can do in the flesh, but we need the Spirit of God. We need His anointing. Hallelujah. Stand with me today, if you can, please. Hallelujah. Father, I've done my best to release my heart today, to release what I feel that you've placed in my heart. I pray that it come across today as that I desire for it too and what you, how your Holy Spirit spoke it to me. And I pray today, God, we've prayed for awakening, we've prayed for an outpouring, but God, We've come to realize that the awakening and outcome pouring will come through a desire for the gifts of the Spirit. So, Father, I pray stir up a passion in us today. Stir up a hunger in us today for the supernatural, for the gifts of the Spirit, for the power of God. Hallelujah. To flow through us with liberty and freedom. In the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you... Put in our appetite a hunger that will not be suppressed by the flesh, that will not be fulfilled with the things that men can do. But God, give us an appetite and a hunger so great and so passionate that only you can fill it, Holy Spirit. Only you can do the work. Nothing else will do. 
Nothing else will take your place. Hallelujah. God, I pray today in this house, as leader of this house, give me a holy hunger and an appetite that nothing else will fill. Nothing else will do but God, you. Holy Spirit, your gifts and the manifestation of your spirit. God, let there be an anointing in this house that will heal broken marriages. Restore relationships. God, heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty them that are bruised. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow in this house today and throughout this year and throughout the rest of eternity. God, let the gifts of the Spirit flow with liberty and with freedom that signs and wonders and miracles will be performed. Let sick be healed instantly because of the healing ministry of Jesus that you have given us, the church, as a gift. Let it be an operation. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him for a moment. Just lift holy hands to him today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Let's just love him a minute. It's his love. It's his presence that heals us. It's his presence that gives us direction. Oh, we love you today, God. We love you today. We bless you, Father God. Hallelujah. We want more. We want more. We want more. We desire the more of God. We desire your presence, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing else will do. Just one millisecond in your presence and everything changes. <laughs> everything changes. God, we bless you and we praise you today. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, breath of God. Come, wind of God. Blow over us today. Flow over us today. <laughs> 